Hi guys, I'm Dr. Chris Polod, Mr. Chris to most of the kids at Little Pieces Club. I am a pediatrician in practice for about 15 years and I've been in an academic institution and I uh, do a little research and uh, give lots of presentations and teach medical students. I'm a child of divorce and I was led a couple of years ago to create Little Pieces Club Ministries. And what it is, is a blending of psycho psychology and science and the healing themes, grief and resilience themes found in the Bible. And we anchor it all in the greatest commandments where we're learning to love God, self and others so that we can have healthy relationships and you as a parent can support your kids as they develop the skills needed for those healthy relationships when they grow up. You can connect with us on a couple different platforms. Uh, there are Twitter handle, Instagram, TikTok, traditional email, and the QR code will get you to our public-facing Facebook group. And I may have a couple of questions for you uh, that I'll message you about if you want to join there. But our uh, list of videos and activity sheets are uh, stored there. Welcome, parents, to the companion podcast to our Little Pieces Club at Home, Episode 8. We are in our grief series, Part 4, where we're discussing sadness. So our at-home format is uh, meant to be followed either, and we call it, in solitude or community. So the kids can watch these videos. They're very safe um, by themselves or uh, with someone else. And uh, ideally, that means you. Uh, but it could also mean a sibling um, or another trusted adult. So I try to encourage them to uh, make the choice of uh, watching or experiencing these by themselves or with others. And there's an important reason why I do that, and that is that our journey with God is has two components regardless. Uh, it has the component of um, our own relationship with God, uh, but it also has uh, a relationship component that helps us be in community with others. So your um, one of the slides that's next is just basically a moment for us to contemplate doing this on our own, and it's a single person looking off into the sky, uh, kind of like a Job situation, and then is a slide with um, several people uh, to represent our community. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it may be that you experience this same video uh, by yourself, but then also with another person. Um, so, however... The Spirit leads people. Um, I just am calling out the fact that uh, it's okay uh, to be by yourself for a short period of time or in community. So the next slide is just simply a um, reminder that in the at-home format, there is, uh, there's a routine. And that is just a, a fun, relaxing moment for 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, then... Grab something that you really, really like to eat as we go through our prayer time. And then there's a video lesson. For the teens, there's going to be uh, journal prompting. And for the younger kids, there is an activity sheet that goes along with each episode. 
And for the um, next uh, part of the routine is a uh, way of engaging scripture called Lectio Divina. And then I recommend activities uh, that they can do at home. And then we close in prayer. And then after that, uh, the idea is that kids return to that fun, relaxing activity for a few minutes. The next slide that um, the kids will see is um, just the introduction fun time. And uh, for the teens especially, I encourage them to not have their cell phones on and uh, to do just something fun and relaxing that they like. The idea that's running in the background with this fun time and really these sessions is a Sabbath. And a Sabbath is um, designed to help us rest from work that is very, very taxing or even dehumanizing and uh, allow us a moment to delight in gifts that God has given us. And so uh, for the introductory time, uh, being off of a cell phone so you don't have to keep up with socials is the work that, that we are resting from. Uh, but they can uh, set a timer uh, for the time period and then come back to the video. About 15 to 20 minutes. Um, other kids can draw. Uh, you can journal. Um, just uh, the, the, the time is theirs. The, the key is to just get in the routine of setting aside that time. Once the kids are back from the introductory time, uh, the fun time, uh, it's uh, just a quick reminder slide that uh, the teens should have their uh, journal uh, handy so that we can go through prayers. Uh, the younger kids uh, can print off the uh, activity sheet and um, those can be kept. Uh, and uh, just a, a brief reminder too that we Love to hear feedback about these um, sessions. You can always take pictures of projects and post them uh, so that we can build uh, an online presence. But just remember safety um, because we're dealing with children, um, names and faces and that type of stuff. Uh, I would uh, particularly not post. So the next slide, we camp out in our snack and prayer time. Uh, for the kids that don't have it, it is on the screen. And what this is, is when we're in our in-person sessions, we uh, just go through our basic feelings uh, that we can remember from the day or the week and um, just honor God uh, in his presence for uh, being there as we had those feelings. We start with happiness. Uh, the next is uh, something that was really fun. The next is something that um, someone was really disgusted about. Uh, then uh, we go into mad uh, or anger, and then sadness, and then finally anxiety or worry. And we just want to spend a moment to think about those times, uh, because that's an important part of emotional intelligence. But then we um, say a small prayer uh, and um, make sure that we're including God in those feelings so that we can let them go. And that's another point is that uh, as we acknowledge these feelings, uh, we want to make sure that uh, it's okay that we can uh, leave them in the past as well. For the older teens, uh, their prayer journal is a perfect place uh, to write down some of the answers 
to what made them particularly uh, have these feelings throughout the week. And then they can look back at, as, as they need to as well. The next slide we see is just a reminder slide of the different components that we have of grief, starting with shock, anger, sadness, bargaining, and acceptance, which are the traditional ways to think through grief. I start to add one more, which is embracing our future. And the reason I have this in there is that I would like to make sure people understand that grieving is a process with a beginning and an end. Uh, and now it can go on if it's not done well, uh, but um, there, there is an end typically uh, to the grieving process. And divorce in and of itself, it's a little bit different than the death of a family member because instead of being one um, uh, limited event, you're looking at kind of a, maybe a couple of years of a process. But if we're good about labeling the particular aspects that we're grieving, uh, then it does facilitate the grieving process and make it better. But it also uh, turns our attention to the fact that um, we're not just in a negative mode uh, for the rest of our lives. Uh, once we get through the grieving process, uh, we can embrace our future and actually thrive. Uh, thrive uh, particularly because we're much more emotionally strong after our grief. So when we grieve, and this is one of the um, answers to uh, the um, activity sheet questions, when we grieve, what feeling do you think is hiding underneath our anger? And that, of course, is our topic today, and that is sadness. Usually sadness is underneath our anger. And in the next slide, we see the question, do you think God and Jesus feel sad? People who are depressed often describe feeling numb, which means they don't feel anything, and they're not letting themselves be all that God made them to be. Never be afraid to feel there are several passages in the Bible where we find out that God and Jesus have very strong feelings. And so when we are considering the question about God and Jesus feeling feelings, it should relate directly to us. Because way back in Genesis, we were created in God's image. And that means that our feelings are created as well. So we should never, ever be afraid of our feelings. What we have is the opportunity to feel and then decide and choose what we're going to do with those feelings. And just remember that our feelings are an important reflection of how amazing God made us. So the next thing we do is we talk about a very, very sad moment for Jesus. And what we see is... Um, from a church in Jerusalem. And we also know that there is a book in the Old Testament called Lamentations, which is ex very, very expressive of feelings that God has about Israel and its inability to follow his commands. And so what's going on in this 
particular slide is that we look to Luke 19, uh, 41 through 44, and the passage reads like this. As Jesus came to the city and observed it, he wept over it. He said, if only you knew on this of all days the things that lead to peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. The time will come when your enemies will build fortifications around you, encircle you, and attack you from all sides. They will crush you completely and the people within you. They won't leave one stone on top of another within you because you didn't recognize the time of your gracious visit from God. So clearly Jesus is expressing his sadness. And there's a few things going on in this passage, but what I want to call our attention to is the fact that Jesus, I think, understands that what is about to happen, even though he's there, he loves them, and he is the path forward, he knows there are many people that will not accept him as that path. And that choice will naturally cut them off from God. And uh, the Jews and Israelites are considered uh, in metaphorical language to be God's child. So it's like a parent is about to lose their child. And that is the depth and the grief that Jesus is feeling in this moment. So next we cut to our scene of Jesus on the cross. And we're reminded in our grief series that we are using Psalm 22. This week we're going to park on the verses 14 and 15 to um, show uh, just the depth of the sadness that Jesus was feeling in this moment as well. So verse 14 and 15 read, I am poured out like water. All my bones have fallen apart. My heart is like wax. It melts inside me. My strength is dried up like a piece of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You set me down in the dirt of death. So this is very descriptive poetry. And by the way, yes, much of the Bible is poetic because it's such a powerful way to communicate feelings. So now I turn the kids' attention uh, both in the activity sheet in the solitude question and also for a journaling prompt. Prompt. So what memories or changes that have happened since the divorce make you sad? And sometimes um, parents don't quite understand this because the point of the divorce was that maybe there was a lot of conflict and now that's better. And isn't that better for the kids? And um, I've talked to several parents and it may not be that we have to grieve the, uh, the divorce itself, but a couple of ways that you can frame what's going on is there was a death of the marriage and one or both parties of that marriage uh, may need to grieve that. If one parent decides to stay fairly absent out of the lives of the child, that child is going to grieve that absence of the ideal parent who should be spending time with them uh, because that's how things naturally should be. But many kids have uh, go on to grieve the fact that one of the parents uh, changes uh, very much in nature after the divorce. And um, if uh, and I'd, I'd like to think because that parent did not grieve 
well the end of the marriage uh, and therefore they don't engage um, as well as they should with the children. But you guys know your lives best. So just uh, pause for a moment and just think about the things that are um, that are sad uh, that we may be grieving after uh, the divorce and or changes that occur after that. I also um, kind of leave the possibility that they've already grieved. And so it uh, should be um, something that they can do, uh, maybe not easily, but readily to remember the things that had made them sad. So as we've done in this series, uh, the next slide uh, talks through the sad thoughts that are common for children of divorce. So the kids um, can get a sense of what other kids feel, which is often very helpful. There's nothing I can do to bring them back together, and that makes them sad. I'm just so upset and just want to stay in my room and be left alone. This is a behavior that is uh, linked to the sadness. Next is, I just can't control what's happening, and I'm lost, embarrassed, and sad. I miss seeing movies all together as a family. This brings up the possibilities of the routines that used to be there that aren't there anymore. So that's another aspect of the divorce that can be grieved. I'm sad that I no longer have fun with my brother or sister. Many kids lose out on playtime or just having fun time in the short and longer term times after the divorce because the schedule has to change. Uh, we're with mom and or dad a given night, and therefore we don't have that time after school that we had, long trips in the car if parents aren't uh, still close by. And then what do we do when we are sad? So when we sense we're sad, we can ask ourselves, what am I sad about? And just number one, make sure that we have a good sense of what that is. And for the teens that journal, or for even parents that want to journal too, sometimes just ask the question and then sit for a moment. Just sit and let your brain kind of bring forth some pictures. It won't always be words. And that's still your body and your brain trying to tell you the things that are worthy of your, your grieving and your time. And so I also uh, remind kids in this uh, slide space that it's it's okay to draw. You don't necessarily have to have words for what's going on. And if you have someone uh, that you can tell about these things, that's best. Because, and, uh, because just being, again, in community is wonderful. And they can give you, uh, the kids a hug and... Um, by sharing our grief and sadness, it's actually inviting a gift from another, which is just that presence. And parents, if kids tell you things that they're sad about, um, start first by just expressing that you understand and that it's very important um, and you're, you're actually very glad that they've told you about the sadness. Try to resist that desire to fix that sadness or to explain it away. Just simply say, I know that's very a very strong feeling 
and I'm sorry that you have it. And let's just sort of be sad for a moment together and put your arm around them and just just hug them. Um, Well-meaning parents often try to explain away the sadness because they don't want their children to suffer. Um, but in reality, it's we don't want to feel our children suffering. Um, but our job is to help lead them through this grieving process. Um, we're we're designed to grieve, and sometimes we just need to provide the leadership of children, and then they learn how to grieve. So it's easier next time. So I do show some some pictures of um, just two koalas hugging. Because uh, I, I want to communicate that that metaphor of sadness is best dealt with with another uh, who can just be there to comfort and to sit with that um, moment. And so the next picture that comes is of someone uh, just in solitude and prayer with God. So um, making the point that not only can we take our sadness to other safe people, but um, God is probably the safest place that we can take our sadness. But if kids haven't passed that anger phase, they're going to be angry with God for putting them through uh, the divorce in that situation. And so if they haven't moved on from that space, it will be very difficult to share their, uh, their sadness with God. And it's also important to remember that, you know, it's not, hey, I'm sad today and I won't be sad tomorrow. Um, going back to the initial introduction of the grief, the grieving process, um, this uh, is a, a journey of many, um, many paths. And so they may discover an aspect that they're sad about today. And it's important that they be in that moment, possibly share it with you, pray to God, but then it helps make them ready for the next aspect that they uh, look at that makes them sad until that sadness begins to fade. So then I'm asking on the next slide, what happens after we've identified our sadness, prayed about it, shared it? And we then see our picture of our, our sad picture. And over a couple of uh, moments, we see that picture is there, but it slowly fades until it finally disappears. And that's probably the best way that I can explain sadness and all of these feelings is that they will fade slowly over time. And then we will um, eventually discover a piece about them. So the activity for this week is called breath prayer. And we will spend a little bit more time on this later on in our um, uh, private Christian journey series. But breath prayer is a very simple meditative practice that can help draw us closer to God. And um, uh, I go through the steps here. Um, it's uh, discovering a very simple phrase that you use that you can easily repeat as you breathe uh, to help calm you and or share those feelings. Um, and this can change based on what you guys want to do. So uh, for this breath prayer, we're going to use the phrase, I'm sad, I need you. 
um, or I need you, God. And so uh, I've found that's my personal breath prayer uh, in particularly sad moments. And so I'm sharing that. But please understand that this is a personal thing. So if in journaling or thinking through things, you and your kids find a, another very small phrase, uh, you can use that. So you're not, you're, you don't have to use the one that I'm sharing with you. So step one is to find a very relaxed and quiet place, uh, getting very comfortable. Um, I encourage the kids to get under blankets um, or just wherever they like to be comfortable. And so then they're going to uh, just simply inhale slowly through your nose and exhale however you're comfortable, whether it's through your mouth or still your nose. Step two is the first slow exhale. And this is where we exhale as we either think or say um, this phrase. And in this case, we'll say Abba for Father. Abba, I'm sad. I need you. And that's it. That's as simple as it is. And then we repeat that. So then we have a slow, comfortable inhale after we've said our phrase. And then a slow exhale. I need you. Or we can focus on I'm sad or just Abba, I'm sad. Something like that. Whatever seems to work in the moment, just let it let it happen. And then we repeat steps three and four until you have a sense of what God is whispering to you. This could be, um, to me, I feel he always speaks to me with light. Um, and uh, I get a picture of some place like a sunrise, a sunset, um, light through trees, uh, something like that, where it's, it's just a vision that he's giving me uh, to say that he's here and um, he's with me in my sadness. So just let that imagery come um, as you're going through the breath prayer and take as long as you like with the whole process. And then once you're there, once, once you feel his presence, then just thank you, thank him for, uh, uh, for that. So just end with thank you, Abba. So after the breath prayer, uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on Lectio Divina. Uh, just a brief overview of it is we read a passage being open to a single word or phrase that is calling to us from that passage. Then we read it again, inviting God to tell us specifically why he has chosen that message for us. Then we read it again and we think of our response to this and we can write it down. Uh, and our response can simply be accepting that message as a gift, or it could inspire us to do something in response as well. And then finally, after we have decided how that um, word or phrase impacts us, we are then going to just rest as we read it again. So uh, this week, I, uh, the verse is Psalm 34, verse 18. And I'll read it four times slowly. Feel free to pause the podcast if you need to. Um, here, here it is. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saved those whose spirits are crushed. So after you heard that, was there one particular word or phrase 
that really stuck out to you. And then next time through, listen for why that message is so crucial for you. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. And then the next time we were going to read this, think about uh, what you need to do. Do you just simply need to receive the fact that uh, he is there with you or to identify the fact that you are brokenhearted? Um, just think for a moment about what your response to this is. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. And then finally, we're going to read it one more time and just simply rest in the fact that we've had a small moment mediated through Scripture uh, with God. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. And finally, it's time for our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Sadness can overwhelm our spirits, and it's usually found beneath our anger. Help us remember we reflect your divinity when we allow ourselves to feel all the sadness in our hearts, because you feel sadness when we are apart from you. Whether we are in solitude or community, help us invite you to be with us. Help us take the next step, which could simply be breathing, until we see more. Help us also release our sadness and begin to see what comes next. Although we suffer, we know you suffered as Jesus and as a father watching his own son in agony. You know our sadness and we thank you for your presence with us. Show us what comes next, Abba. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for spending time with us. I hope you're finding this grief series to be uh, helpful. And I hope the insights help you um, be a shepherd for your children as they go through grief. I've just recently come to understand that for many therapeutic things for children, adults simply need to be there to show this, but also to actively guide them through. And so you're doing this as you're learning about grief uh, as it relates to divorce and things that can happen otherwise. And remember, it's okay for you to have your moments to grieve as well. And what you learn in those moments, you can transfer to your children and teach them. Um, so just um, be blessed this week, um, have moments of peace, and as always, reach out to the ministry um, if you uh, have questions. Thank you, and until next time.